the name of the Father, your Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, I'm going to be a nerd for a second and talk to you guys about the law of the church. So, in canon law, just like there's civil law, laws, you know, around us, state law, federal law, there's also laws within the church. And one way the church law, canon law, describes the priesthood and ministry, it calls it active ministry. That's the way it's labeled in the law. And the church does that intentionally. They do that for a reason. They see the priesthood as active ministry because it's something that is ongoing. There's always something going on. It's very active. It's alive. And one of the reasons why they call it active ministry is because it reflects that of Jesus Christ, his ministry. Because when we open the Bible and look at the ministry of Jesus, look at the life of Jesus, what do we see? Well, you kind of don't see much. I know the Bible is filled with, um, you know, parables the, of the rest of the Old Testament, so on and so forth, but you don't really see much of the rest of Jesus' life. What do we see? We see his infancy narrative. In the beginning, Jesus is born in a manger. We all know this. And then all of a sudden, you see a big pause in Scripture, and it goes straight to Jesus. He's 30 years old, and he starts his ministry until his crucifixion when he's 33. So we see three years of his ministry. I mean, sometimes I ask myself, I, I wouldn't want to know what he was doing all that time, but there's again, something intentional happen, happening there. It's an active ministry. Jesus revealed to us what he wanted to reveal to us. He wanted to show us what he did on this earth in those three years for a reason. And I think one of the reasons is because when Jesus only gives us three years of his life, and shows how packed it was with the miracles, with the preaching, with the Beatitudes, with his baptism, and the rest of what the gospel authors tell us. It shows us really what it means to live an active life. Because for example, the active ministry, the ministry that I do that's active, I could easily make it non-active and make it very bland. I could come, you know, preach, say, you know, whatever kind of sounds nice, you'll probably see right through it, do my masses, baptisms, weddings, go back to my office, pretend like I'm working, and then go to sleep, and, you know, continue to do the same thing. A priest could kind of get by, obviously, until his bishop catches on or something, but you could kind of get by by just being very mediocre. Just because we have a responsibility doesn't mean we're active about it. Many of you probably you know, go to school, have jobs, have responsibilities. That's great. But everyone could sort of do that. You could sort of get by by having a job, just doing the bare minimum, making it very mediocre, and just you know, going with the flow, going with emotions. Same thing could happen with school. C's get degrees, right? You could, well, you shouldn't have that mentality, but the reason why people say that is because you could get by. If you have C's, you know, you're just being very mediocre. You, you know, you're going to graduate at some point, I hope, and, and that's it. But just because all of these things could happen doesn't mean they should happen. And the reason why I say that is because once we sort of lose track of what it means to live an active life, it becomes a very quick downward spiral. What do I mean by this? In this gospel today, you see 
Jesus comparing the kingdom of God to these workers in the vineyard. These people were sitting idle. There wasn't, you know, really much work to do. You had some people in idleness more than others. But nevertheless, Jesus is showing what this householder does. He takes them and puts them to work right away. He sees their idol and he gives them an opportunity to work. And the reason why this happens so fast is because idleness is very destructive. If we're just going through the motions and doing the bare minimum and being very mediocre with our responsibility in our household, school, work, whatever you do, businesses, whatever you do, you in your relationships, you make all of this mediocre, it's going to crash down on all of us if we do that. Why do I say that? Is because when we're in idleness physically, we become idle spiritually. There is no going around that. That is the reality, that is the truth. And if we start to become idle spiritually, that's when sin, that's when we open the floodgates to sin in our hearts. Because the church offers us soma, we have the liturgical calendar, we have all of these different ways to pray and grow in holiness. It's one of the reasons why is because it could be very easy to be lazy. How easy is it to sit on your couch and just scroll through social media for hours? It's a very easy thing to do. And by the time you know it, you open your eyes and a few hours have passed. What starts to happen psychologically and spiritually? That starts to evolve into something called the chadia, spiritual sloth, where we no longer have this self-discipline that we need. All we know is idleness. And that idleness transforms into spiritual idleness. Spiritual idleness starts us at sort of ground zero with our relationship with Christ. And Jesus, in this gospel today, gives us a sort of remedy if we are falling through this sloth, just being lazy, sort of going with emotions, praying, you know, when I feel like it. I'll, you know, I'll wait until I go to sleep, right before I sleep. By the time you know it, you fell asleep in the middle of a Hail Mary or a rosary or something. So we know that the householder gives us opportunities to not be in idleness, just like this householder did in this gospel today. He saw many people idle. He grabbed them, gave them an opportunity to work. Now what happens here is very important. Jesus gives us an opportunity to grow spiritually. He gives us an opportunity. That's what grace is, by the way. When we say the grace of God, it's not just some nice thing to say. When we say God's grace, what is God's grace? What is that? Could I see it? Could you describe it to me? What, what is God's grace? God's grace is an opportunity to choose the good. When we choose the good, that is His grace operating in our hearts. He gives us opportunities to not be lazy. He gives us opportunities to get up and do something productive. He gives us opportunities to say a prayer when we really don't feel like it. He gives us all of those opportunities. And when we say yes, that is His grace actively operating in our hearts. Now, let's say that works and everything's going well. We're starting to sort of build a system of you know, a good spiritual life, having more self-discipline. Then we see the end of this gospel where you see these people not sort of being content of what happened. They were so caught up with their own lives, their own laziness, their own 
way of going around things, that they completely forgot of how this householder was working in their lives. The only thing they could think about was the things of this world. They said, is it, how is it fair that you pay us the same wages? We were here working all day under the sun, and you give us the same pay as this person that came and worked for an hour. But the householder reminds them, saying, I choose, take what belongs to you and go, I choose to give to this last as I give to you. I choose to do what I will to do because I know best. Sometimes we might not see results when, let's say, we are trying spiritually. We are trying our best to live an active life and we sort of, maybe we don't see the result of it. So we, we again fall into the laziness and the spiritual sloth and all of those things. Jesus in, in this gospel today, he's reminding us that no matter how you feel, it doesn't matter what the reality is. It doesn't change the reality. When we strive to live an active life, to grow closer spiritually, make time for prayer, physically stop becoming lazy in this world, when we do this, God is operating in our hearts. Whether you see it or not, it is happening. And you will understand later. And all of us, Jesus gives all of us an opportunity to sort of, you know, wake up and understand that His grace is operating in our hearts today. You guys are all here. You made the active effort to come to Mass today. Great. But again, there's Monday through Saturday waiting for you. And you will be, you know, you'll be given an opportunity to not be lazy. You will be given an opportunity to say a prayer. But it depends on us whether we accept that invitation or not. Amen.